Hey everybody, this is Brent Kellogg, the pastor of Hillspring Church in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us today. Our prayer is that this would inspire you, build your faith, and help you take the next step in Christ. Enjoy the message. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, and some of you are like, okay, preacher, this whole video thing game, it's real cute. Let's just talk about Jesus. We're going to, I promise we're going to get to Jesus, right? But those of us that are parents that have to make sure our children's game systems are safe, um, those games will bring out the absolute worst in humanity, right? If you're not careful, it'll make you unproductive because you spend too much time playing. It stirs up anger. I've thrown things before. One day I almost took a baseball bat. You know, we start talking like a Tasmanian devil, scare our spouses. What's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? And so, but, but those video games also teach us that victory is short-lived. Don't mean to brag. I had won a national championship football. It's probably the only national championship Oklahoma State will win, but I did it. You know what I'm saying? I had won the NCAA national championship like at 1230 at night, you know, and I wake up the next morning and I'm like, well, now what? That game's stupid. It's dumb. I got to figure something else out to do. And this whole idea of checkpoint, it's something that happens in games that as you go through levels, if something happens to your character, you don't have to go all the way back to the beginning. There's this autosave feature that takes place. Life is a little bit like that. When I fail, when I trip, when I stumble, when something doesn't go right, I don't have to go all the way back to the beginning. I don't have to go all the way back to the beginning of my relationship with God. I don't have to go all the way back to the beginning of, of the lessons I've, I've learned. Um, if you've ever played video games, you know they will test your character. Something is going to happen. Something is not going to go the way you think it should. Something is going to be unfair. The screen is going to pop up and say, game over. You're going to lose at something at some point. It's how you respond in those moments. And now I'm not even talking about video games. I'm talking about life. It's how you respond in those moments is going to reveal what character is on the inside of you. So this morning, I want to talk about probably the biggest obstacle to overcome, not just video games, but in life, is dealing with with disappointment. How do I respond when life disappoints me? The game doesn't go the way I think it should. The level cheated me. It did something that wasn't fair. Do I throw the controller? Do I take the baseball bat and smash in the TV? Do I deal with frustration, disappointment? How do I deal when life hands me disappointment? In Luke chapter 24, we are going to talk about Jesus today. That's where I want to spend our time. And I've always been so intrigued by what happened to Jesus after he's resurrected from the cross. You know, Jesus came and he did ministry. And then they have always been so intrigued by what happened to Jesus. Heard, but they didn't believe it. They hadn't seen it with their own eyes. And his death clearly shocked his followers. His death brought great disappointment to those who were following Jesus and believing in him, to those that were hoping he would be the Messiah of Israel. Luke chapter 24, verse 13 this is where I want to start. And it says that same day, resurrection day, the Sunday that Jesus was resurrected, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and they discussed these things, catch this, Jesus himself, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. Verse 16 is interesting. But God, 
kept them from recognizing him. That's not the only time in Scripture this happens. This happens two or three other times where the disciples, Mary Magdalene, she didn't recognize Jesus. When they were out fishing in the boat, Jesus is on the bank going, hey! They didn't recognize Jesus. Something happened in this moment where these followers of Jesus, it wasn't revealed to them who they were talking to. God kept them from recognizing him. Verse 17, he asked them, what are you guys talking about? Like, why are you discussing this so intently as you walk along? And they stop short. Like they're like just stopped in their tracks like they're shocked. Like they're amazed. And sadness was written across their face. Clearly, these two followers are full of disappointment. And this story tells us this is Jesus. It's Jesus that's there that's walking with him, but they don't see it. They don't recognize something has happened. They don't know. They can't tell that it's Jesus. And there's disappointment and there's sadness that's written all over their face. Their body language is telling on them. In dealing with disappointment correctly in our life, as we look at how these guys unpack their disappointment, as we deal with the things in life that let us down and disappoint us, I want to ask myself a couple questions. This first one this morning, I want to ask myself this question. What am I missing? What do I not know? All of a sudden, something's happened in life, and now I'm disappointed. Something has taken place, and you let me down, the situation let me down, or whatever. I need to ask myself, what am I missing? Someone's ever disappointed in you, but they didn't know the whole story. They didn't know why you made that decision. They didn't know why you did the thing you did. And then you have the opportunity to explain it to them. You tell them the whole story, and they kind of change their tune. They're like, oh, well, I didn't know that. Sometimes we're missing things. So I need to ask myself, is there something happening here that I'm missing? Is there a bigger picture that I'm not aware of? Jesus was in their moment. But for some reason, God didn't allow them to see it. So I set out to find out why. why. Why would Jesus not reveal who himself? You would think he would want as many people going out saying, he's alive, Jesus is here, he's here. But, but for some reason in this moment, he kind of, he's transformed. He disguises himself a little bit. Why would Jesus do that? Because it was a faith moment for them. He had been telling them for three years. He had been quoting scripture and quoting prophets and setting the stage for this moment to see if they got it. And they missed it. A lot of times our disappointment comes from listening to the wrong voices. Sometimes we're not listening to the right voices. And Jesus was right there, but they couldn't see it. They did not recognize the very thing that was right in front of them. Sometimes our disappointment is because we can't see the bigger picture. Sometimes we're disappointed in leaders because we don't know all that they know. We don't know the stress that they're dealing with. We don't know everything that's in play. We just know what we saw on Facebook. <clears throat> Sometimes we can't see what God is doing, so we choose disappointment. Most of the time, like the travelers, disappointment leads to sadness. Disappointment leads to frustration, leads to throwing things, taking a baseball bat to take it, right? But what if, what if, before I give in to that disappointment, what if, I stop short just like those travelers, and I ask, am I missing something? What, what is it about this situation that I don't know? God, what are you trying to show me? God, are you, is there something you need to reveal to me? God, what are you trying to teach me in this moment? These two disciples, followers, were disappointed because they couldn't see Jesus at work. Verse 18, then one of them, Cleopas, replied, I can almost hear sarcasm in his voice. 
Well, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened over the last few days. I love Jesus catches that. You can almost hear him saying like, okay, I'll bite. What things? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. You know, I can almost hear his leading sarcasm. He's talking to Jesus. He was a prophet who did all the, I'll start at the beginning. He was born in Bethlehem and he, you know, he did all these powerful miracles and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But then our leaders and our priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. They crucified him. Verse 21 is why I grabbed this story. It says, we had hoped, we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened just three days ago. This leads to the second question when we're dealing with disappointment. We're kind of evaluating, is this worth being upset over, right? So the first one is, what am I missing? Is there something... God's trying to teach me. Is there something I'm not seeing? Did this leader know something I didn't know? But the second question I need my, to ask myself, well, what was I expecting? What am I expecting out of this situation? I, I just can't get past verse 21. Like as I read this, it jumped off the page at me. This goes beyond the moment of them walking to Emmaus. This goes beyond just not recognizing Jesus and him kind of being transformed. Jesus clearly did not meet their expectations of what they were expecting. We had hoped he was the Messiah. There are two primary reasons that we experience disappointment. We get disappointed mostly in these two areas. Number one, we get disappointed with people. People will let you down. People will let you. In this life, you will be disappointed by people. Someone can't be, they can't do, they can't live up to what you expect from them. And it may be their fault, but it might be my fault because I had a wrong expectation for them. Jesus did not meet the expectation of the men who were walking to Emmaus that day. And if Jesus doesn't meet expectations, you and I have slim chance of keeping people happy. The other thing, we, we experience discouragement is because of our circumstances. Not people, it's, it's things didn't work out the way that I expected. Put all this time, this money, this energy, this effort into a thing. And then the thing didn't turn out like you thought it would. The thing didn't work out like you had hoped. You woke up one day and the level you're playing, the video game, right? It just does this unfair thing to you. And you stepped into something that you didn't see coming. Events transpired that you weren't prepared for. It's not people letting you down, now it's life. It's circumstances. Jesus and the events that had transpired over the last three days clearly did not meet their expectations. All of his followers are now disappointed in the circumstances they found themselves in. We had hoped he was the Messiah that would redeem Israel. They were hoping to be out from under Roman rule. They were hoping to pay less taxes. They were hoping that they'd be able to govern themselves. They were hoping for political revival was on the horizon. And Jesus didn't just redeem Israel from Rome. He brought the offer of redemption to all the world. But they were disappointed. It's true sometimes life doesn't meet our expectations. Life will let you down. But sometimes we're expecting the wrong things from the wrong people. If I could have this boyfriend, he's going to make me so happy. 
If I just marry the right girl, she does my laundry and dishes, I'll be happy, right? If I just have this, if I just get this job, if I can just move to this town, I will be happy if I have this car. This is the car. The last car that I thought was the car wasn't the car. It was a Chevy. I need a Ford. Like if I can have this car or this boat or this truck or this camper or this house or if I look like this, if I'm skinny, then I will be happy. Jobs, girlfriends, boyfriends, cars, boats, skinny. You can have all of that, including political revivals in lower taxes. You can have all those things in life. Let me give you a little secret. You're still going to be disappointed. Just read the book of Ecclesiastes. It was written by King David's son, Solomon. And when Solomon had just become king, God appeared to him in a vision and said, Solomon, you have anything you want. I want boats and campers. and That's not what he asked for. He said, God, just give me wisdom to lead your people. And so Solomon had almost this supernatural wisdom. History records him as one of the wisest men to ever lead. And he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Because Solomon, as a successful king, had everything he ever wanted. If he wanted it, he just took it. If he didn't have it, he'd just make it. He'd just buy it. Like he experienced success on an unprecedented level. And this is how he records life. After the end of all of that, when he writes the book of Ecclesiastes, this is what he says. It's better to spend your time at funerals than to spend your time at parties. Moving, Solomon. That's great. Wow, I'm going to write a book on that. That's how you sum up your life? Because he was looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in two... Sorry. Just for you, Karen. I'll see it on Facebook later. He was looking for fulfillment in the wrong people. The guy had 700 wives and 1,000 concubines. You will always be disappointed if you are looking for things to fill you. These travelers were looking for the physical, but Jesus was after the spiritual. Anytime you are looking for the physical to fill a spiritual hole, it will end in disappointment. Jobs can't give you what Jesus can. Cars can't do for you what Jesus can. Single people, you listening to me? Even people cannot fulfill you like Jesus can. They can compliment and they can enjoy the journey along with you, but if you are looking for people to make you happy, you will be disappointed in the end. Disappointment comes from what we can't see. The bigger picture. What am I missing here? And then, what am I expecting from, from people? What circumstances? What, what was I expecting from Jesus? And so, question number three we need to ask. First, what did I miss? What am I expecting? And then number three, what's my response to disappointment? Because this is really as mature Christians. This is really where we need to drill in. How did I respond? Did I go off like the Tasmanian devil? Or did I respond the way that Jesus would want me to respond? Probably the biggest question of this conversation is how do I respond to disappointment? Don't be vulnerable. Don't use this against me. I know what I do. I silently get angry. 
Fortunately, as I have gotten older, I've learned to shut the flapper. Okay? So I just, I kind of silently get angry, and then I just close off. If you're going to disappoint me, I don't need you. I don't like to be disappointed. And if you're going to disappoint me, I'm not going to run the risk of letting you in my life. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm just saying I have to watch that because that's a part of my dark side. If this is the way it's going to be, I'm not going to live this way. EK out. I'm going to get a little controversial this morning, so I feel like it's an appropriate place to have you repeat after me with a boisterous voice. Everybody say, I love BK. I'm really tired of every four years America going through this cycle of being divided. And, and that's a whole big other conversation. But can I be real for just a second? Neither party can fix a spiritual problem. And I love you, but we are kidding ourselves if we think a man or a political system is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And I think the church needs to get to work. And we need to be more concerned with the state of the lost that live next door to us than we are with our own comfort and our own preferences. There is not a physical solution to a spiritual problem. We need good godly people involved. And I'm so grateful that in this town, we have good godly city councilors and we have a good godly state representative. And I'm so grateful that in this state, we have good people involved, right? But more importantly, we need spiritual people involved who are called by the name of God and will humble themselves and pray and seek his face. That's how you heal a land. I thought y'all would get mad about all that. Like, we, we need to stop looking for physical solutions to spiritual problems. These men were looking for Jesus to fix their political problem. <laughs> and he was more interested in fixing the spiritual problem. And they were disappointed. Many times our first human response to disappointment, do like I do, just shut down. Or, or maybe it's anger. Maybe we, you know, throw things or whatever. Now, it seems like as a culture, we just escalate. We yell more. We become destructive. Let me ask you, quote Dr. Phil, how's that working for you? You know, it ain't. It ain't. Now, not only are we angry, but we throw this word out a lot too. Well, I'm offended. Okay? And it's like we expect a response. I'm offended. <gasps> oh, no. Here's the problem. We've beat the I'm offended drum so much. We have cried that wolf so much. We live in an overly offended society. No one cares. Oh, I'm offended. So? You're on Facebook. So is every other, body, every other person. So we have to escalate more to get the attention we desire. In this life, you will be offended. In this life, you will be disappointed. You can be angry, you can throw the controller, you can be offended, but clearly those are not working to solve the problem. Or, you can have grace. 
It's what Jesus wants you to do. Colossians 3.12. Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves tenderhearted mercy. That sounds so good. I want to make posters and put that in my living room. It's just really hard to live out. In 2021, it is really hard to clothe yourself with tenderhearted and mercy, especially when they don't vote like you vote. Leave that right there. You must clothe yourself with kindness and humility and, and gentleness and patience. Let me just skip the next part. It only gets worse from here, right? Make allowances for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Dear America, Colossians 3.13, just forgive someone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you need to forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love. If we would just love our neighbor... You know what I'm saying? If I would just love my neighbor more than I love myself, which binds us together. You want to know the secret to healing a political system? Just love your neighbor. Because then and there will you find unity. And let the peace that comes from Christ. Anybody hungry for peace today? Anybody hungry for our nation to have peace? For our churches to have peace? For our neighborhoods to have peace? Let the I'm preaching right now. The peace that comes from Christ, let that rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. It's the expectation of Christians is to live out Colossians chapter 3. And always be thankful. Listen, God was gracious to me. Oh, I was a knucklehead. My mom and daddy were gracious to me. My wife and kids have been gracious to me. My bosses, my co-workers, people that I've been their pastor, all of them have had to forgive me and offer grace to me because I disappointed them. You might want to sit down for this. I'm not perfect. I'm probably going to disappoint somebody else in the next 24 hours. That's a, if you're taking bets, that's a good bet, right? Sometimes I get it wrong. But because God has forgiven me and because my mom and my wife and my kids and my bosses and my co-workers and the people that I've had the honor and grace and privilege of being their pastor, because they have forgiven me, how can I do anything else but be gracious towards other people when I'm disappointed? Because I have had grace offered to me, I need to be gracious towards but I also need to respond in growth. I'm, I'm a work in progress. As a kid in church, I used to sing a little kid song. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. We need to, we need to respond in growth. Go back to those questions. Okay, what am I missing here? I know I'm disappointed, but do they know something I don't know? Is there something I'm not seeing? Are they hurting? Because hurt people will hurt people. Did they respond to me out of pain? Is there, is, did I trigger something, man, I never intended to trigger? Did they ignore, ignore me because they thought that I might cause them more pain so it's just easier to push me out? What was I expecting? Was I expecting something from this person they are incapable of? Listen, your disappointment is not always about them. Sometimes it's about what's in here. Let me be clear. 
I am not saying I'm going to let unhealthy behavior continue to impact me. Okay? I'm not going to continue to let someone take advantage, misuse, mistreat. The Bible is pretty clear. There are times that it is okay to part ways with unhealthy people. Okay? But I have a choice of who am I going to I'm not going to let their disappointment rob me of my joy. I'm not going to let them continue to have power over my emotions. I'm not going to let them cause me to live offended. I'm going to live by the principle that the joy of the Lord is my strength, not people meeting my expectations. I need to say that again because I thought that was really good. I worked on saying that just right. And, you know. I'm going to live by the joy of the Lord as my strength, not people meeting my expectations is what's going to make me happy. I'm going to look to Jesus in those moments. I'm going to find fulfillment in Christ. I'm going to try to be who he wants me to be. I want you to see what happens in this story once they connect the dots, once they realize it's Jesus, once they realize there was a bigger picture going on, once they realize God was teaching them a lesson, once they figure it all out, verse 30, as they sat down to eat, he, being Jesus, took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and he gave it to them. And suddenly... Something happened. Their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And in that moment, poof! Like he held, he was gone. Where, where? Never mind. See, second service doesn't get me. You guys get me. I love you. I love you. Did y'all stay around? No, I'm just kidding. Verse 32. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us? as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us. Didn't, didn't you feel that? Like, I didn't know that Jesus was there, but, but wasn't there something special? Didn't you feel that? Didn't your heart, did your heart burn too? Did you sense something was happening? We are so stupid. How did we miss this? How did we not know it was Jesus? I knew something was going on in this moment, but I let disappointment rob me of it. I think God is calling you and I not to miss another moment by living disappointment. How do I deal with disappointment? I'm going to self-examine myself. I'm going to realize disappointment is really something that's going on in me, not what's going on around me. What am I missing? What am I not seeing? God, what are you trying to show me? What am I expecting? Because I bet you a $100 bill, you and I would have expected the wrong things of Jesus if we lived in but I'm going to respond. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's a couple of things I want to invite you to do. First, hit the subscribe button. That way, you won't miss a single episode. Secondly, if this message has impacted you and you would like to help us reach others, visit our website at hillspring.tv and hit the Give Now button so that we can take this message around the globe. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.